Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. Happy to have you this evening. And tonight we have with us Alex Forbes. You may remember Alex, uh, I guess, I don't know, was it last year? Maybe the year before that we had Alex on talking about uh, the SPC uh, ranking. Yeah, tears. Yeah, storm tears two years ago. So it's been a couple of years since we had Alex. That's when he was back at Mississippi State. And so since... Alex is uh, graduated from Mississippi State University and is a meteorologist at WMAZ in Macon, Georgia. There, uh, I guess that's what uh, Alex South Central Georgia is. I guess best way to characterize Macon. Yeah, uh, we call ourselves Central Georgia. The okay. centermost part of the state is not too far away. Uh, so we're about 150 miles north of Florida and about 125 miles south of Tennessee. So you're right in that area where. Obviously, severe weather, you, you, you have that threat almost year-round now with, with how yeah. severe weather is in the south. <laughs> but you're also not not too far south in Georgia where you, you could flirt with a winter weather event here or there. So yeah. I guess I guess you got a little bit of everything going on there. Yeah, so in my first few weeks, we had six tropical systems roll through here. And just within the past two to three weeks here, we've had, I wouldn't call it a winter storm, but we've had flurries that stuck to the ground in a few spots. So it's safe to say that we see a little bit of everything and mother nature holds nothing back. I will say, you know, the, you were talking about tropical system. It seems like uh, South Georgia, Central Georgia has been a, a hot spot for that over the last couple of years with all the Gulf landfalls. So what was that like, you know, first couple of weeks there and you're already covering tropical events? Yeah, well, they, they like to say they threw me in the deep end. Right? I start at the end of May, boom, there's hurricane season. And then there's Elsa, Fred, and I don't even remember the rest of them. Claudette was one of them. Um, no, but it was interesting. It's very uh, eye-opening and see how things are covered on TV versus the perspective of seeing it on TV. Um, none of the systems we had were huge here. They were, you know, the run-of-the-mill, heavy rain, gusty winds, a few brief spin-up tornadoes. That was it for this season. But it, you don't have to go back far in history for Central Georgia's uh, impacts significant from tropical systems, namely Michael and the agriculture here in central Georgia was hurt tremendously from. And then Irma that came up the west coast of Florida and right into central Georgia. Uh, so two recent storms that did a number on the area. Broadcast meteorology, definitely one of the top programs at Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. And so I know you, you get a little, little um, hands-on activity there at school while you're graduating and stuff. But when you actually get to that station and you're really learning the, the graphic system and just the flow of how the station works. Talk a little bit about that and then kind of throw in the tropics of covering the system while you're still trying to learn your new job. I mean, how difficult was yeah. that? Well, so first to speak to Mississippi State, we, uh, like you said, we do a lot or did a lot of hands-on stuff there. And with the resources that the university has, it is very close to the real world. I mean, Mississippi State uses uh, barren uh, weather graphics, which is an industry standard, uh, what's the software to present weather information on TV. We don't use the same system at my station, but it's very similar. Um, and the training that they provide makes you on camera ready. Uh, the interesting thing is that, as you well know, Mississippi State has a number of students that work as on-camera meteorologists while they are in school there. So all of that to say, you know, it sets you up well for your job eventually down the road. And it, 
with Mississippi where it is, we dealt with tropical systems in Mississippi. We had a number of them roll through. I vividly remember, in fact, one time I drove back to school in a tropical system. I think it rained literally from the time I crossed the Alabama state line until the time I crossed the Mississippi line. I forget which storm it was. It was one of those you know minor tropical storms that came ashore somewhere near Orange Beach. Um, and that was you know, just the kind of world we lived in. But also while I was at Mississippi State, we were so close to the tropics that I was able to go to them. So like I was in Hurricane Michael when it made landfall in Florida. I was on I-10 right there where the I crossed. Uh, I was in Lafayette, Louisiana, the night Hurricane Laura made landfall. And we were in Lake Charles uh, at sunrise that next morning. And then uh, Sally down on Perdido Key, Florida, Gulf Shores, that area, I uh, was down there for that as well and was able to fly my drone down there as well as in Lake Charles. Definitely some interesting times there. Uh, you're talking about broadcasting at, at Mississippi State uh, and a lot of students being able to do that on TV. One of our panelists, Dylan Hudler, uh, just recently uh, signed on there at WCBI in Columbus, um, Mississippi. So as you're going through this process um, and, and you're looking to graduate and you're starting to put the fillers out to these news directors and news stations for those um, people who are listening tonight or watching tonight and and they're in that position where they're you know they're in the meteorology program and they're trying to look for advice or or mm -hmm. tips what what would you give them for folks who are looking to get into broadcast meteorology well the first thing that comes to mind is since we touched on it before like you said dylan just signed on wcbi there's a number of mississippi state students that do uh, on-air jobs prior to graduating i was not one of those students i had a few offers and chose not to do it because i wanted to be in college i wanted the college life i didn't want to be tied down to a specific spot have to follow a certain schedule uh and whatnot so i'd say if you don't have one of those jobs don't worry about it it's not you know the end of the world and it's not necessarily uh you know, it's not the right thing for everybody. It wasn't the right thing for me. I just didn't want to do it. Um, but, you know, that aside, it's not, uh, what's the right word? When you go to look for a job, you're going to know what the right one is. Uh, as, as you're out there, you're talking to people, you're figuring out what, where you want to go. There's going to be a, a time in that process that something's just going to feel right. And I'd say, go with your gut. Uh, if your gut says not to do it, don't do it. If your gut says to do it, do it. Um, and then also, you know, solicit advice, you know, talk to people who have worked at that station or currently worked at that station um, or anything along those lines that would help you land in a good spot. Uh, and I certainly feel like I've landed in a good spot here. Speaking of that, um, you, you grew up uh, north of Atlanta, family there. So you got this job in Macon, Georgia. Um, kind of a, a sweet deal because, you know, a lot of beginning meteorologists, when they graduate, you know, they're somewhere like um, lower markets, let's say like Iowa or Montana. Not that there's anything wrong with those markets, but, you know, you normally start yeah. off in somewhere way far away from home, but you actually got to start off there in your home state. So I know uh, you had to be happy about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am an hour and some change from my parents' house up in Atlanta, makes it easier on holidays uh, to, you know, go do your normal holiday stuff. Uh, but also, you know, I'm close to my friends that I went to high school with. Uh, I'm close to the Atlanta airport, which means I can get just about anywhere uh, in a short period of time. But also, I mean, I, it, it's, it's just the area I know, right? So 
I grew up watching Georgia weather. I know the patterns we get. I know all about the wedge all too well. Uh, and landing in a spot like this or in a city like Macon put me in a unique situation of not having to relearn the weather. Because I have been watching the weather here quite literally since I was like 10 or 12 years old. Um, so that was certainly helpful. Not so two prong, not, it, I mean, it's great for personal life, but also great for professional because it's, it's the area I know it's uh, what I would say I know the best and it's uh, always has its changes and challenges, right? <laughs> like we're always put to the test. You never know where you're going to get. So uh, WMAZ big station in Macon. Um, tell about a little bit about the legacy there. Like the chief meteorologist, uh, did you have any connections with him? You were talking about, yeah. you know, reaching out to folks who uh, are in the business. So did you know the chief or, you know, this is kind of like a cold call, like, Hey, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. Yeah. So the, uh, I knew somebody who had worked at the station or worked at the station at the time and who was going to be the person that I ended up replacing. Um, but like you're saying, you know, the station has been in the market for a long time. The brand is extremely strong. Everybody around here knows it. It's straight from the heart. Uh, that's why there's a heart in the logo, which yeah, it's, it's not your stereotypical news logo, but it works so well because our viewers know it. Um, and it's not a secret that everything we do revolves around that brand. I mean, quite literally our weather promos are weather straight from the heart. Um, so, you know, it's uh unique to have a situation or a station rather with such a strong brand and with 13 being the way it is it obviously allows us to connect with the community and that's what the station revolves around essentially uh, as to your question about landing there like i said i knew the person uh who had worked here before me but you know I love working with my chief meteorologist. Hey, we have a ton of fun where, you know, we talk about the weather when we need to talk about the weather and we talk about other stuff when we don't need to talk about the weather, you know, when it's a benign summer afternoon day with a few storms out there, you know, it's, it's a uh, very adequate. <laughs> That's probably a good way to put it. Well, it is, it's good to have that um, mm -hmm. with, with who you work with, because you, you want to be friends with them. You know, when yeah. you are shoulder to shoulder during tropical coverage or winter weather coverage or severe weather coverage, I mean, you, you're with your coworkers a lot. So it's good to have that rapport. You're talking about community. And so the question is, you know, a lot of meteorologists, a lot of stations love to do community outreach. Has COVID kind of kept you from experiencing a lot of that so far? And I, I know that's uh you know, meteorologists love to go talk, do a school visits or, or cover a local festival yeah. or stuff like that. So I guess COVID's kind of maybe have limited a little bit of that so far. Yeah, I haven't done any school visits yet. Uh, I do know a couple of our meteorologists have done like Zoom calls and whatnot that they share about uh, with um, social media and all that. Uh, but the thing that I do that is kind of like the de facto, you know, it, it let people know that we're also in their communities is we take our storm lab vehicle to the different small towns and we do the forecast there uh, usually once a week, depending on my schedule. So we'll do that on Thursdays. Uh, and it's great because, you know, a lot of what we do is in Macon, but this series allows us to get down to Fort Valley, to Dublin, to these smaller towns uh, and essentially remind viewers there that we consider them our own essentially and uh that the community is bigger than just making it includes the entire coverage area that we have i want to touch a little bit on that because you know a lot of people see meteorologists on on camera and they think well that may be all they do but 
Uh, like you said, your weekend evening. So your main responsibility is Saturday night, Sunday night weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you do during the week? I, I, you mentioned going out to the communities. What else? What else is going on behind the scenes? Yeah, so I do weather every day. I do the midday shows uh, on the weekdays that I work. And then we also do weather type stories uh, in the evening hours. So like today, I talked about Groundhog Day, uh, the different groundhogs, where the ground, where the idea for Groundhog Day originated from. Uh, we'll do different series as it relates to the community. Uh, so we'll do forecasts for a Macon Bacon baseball game. I'll go be live at Luther Williams Field. So everything I do is tied to weather, essentially. And, and that's a good thing because, you know, some some opportunities you have to do reporting that doesn't really involve weather. So it's good that you get to to connect everything to weather. So uh, I want to ask you this, Alex. Um, you were talking about, you know, experience at Mississippi State with severe weather, tropical weather. But uh, covering your first tornado warning, what what was that like? Tell us about the was there any nerves? Was what was it like knowing like, all right, this is the actual actual thing I'm getting ready to do? <laughs> well, there wasn't time for nerves because, you, as you know, you the second you get the warning, you are on TV. Um, no. So, I mean, it was interesting. We knew my first warning was during Tropical Depression Claudette, and we knew that the threat was there, uh, but it wasn't a substantial threat as no tropical system has a substantial threat. And, you know, as soon as the warning came out, we got on TV. Uh, I just, whatever came to mind, I was talking about, I was trying to recollect watching uh, other meteorologists cover tornado warnings. And, you know, before I knew it, it was over because on these tropical warnings, they're only 15, 20 minute warnings. And uh, that was that. Um, but I mean, I would say it's pretty close to uh, what you'd expect from a tornado warning because what you see on tv is quite literally what you're doing there's no, <laughs> there's no disconnect there essentially another thing that uh, really over the last you know i don't know 10 years or so is, is social media and how you know interactive it is so you know at being a younger meteorologist uh, coming out of college bringing in fresh ideas um, how do you approach your social media now with, with weather and the followers there and making it in central georgia I think it's very simple. You just got to be a real person. That's what people are looking for. Um, I don't view my social media channels as any better than somebody's personal page. I just view my social media as me. And uh, if something comes to mind that's weather related and I want to share it, I'm going to share it. Um, And, you know, you you have to be fun with it. Like today or yesterday, I was like, all right, everybody, post your favorite recipes for your groundhog because obviously they're coming for the meteorologist. Um, but you know, it, it's a balancing act. So you be personable when the time's right, but then also providing the critical weather information that people are looking for, uh, and their time when they are being weather aware. So it, you do what's, uh, appropriate for the right time, uh, and roll with it. And as long as you are consistent and, provide people the information that they want to know, just like with any other sales job, project, anything along those lines, you'll be successful in it. One thing, Alex, that uh, that you're always wanting to do is, is get better. So mm-hmm. have you established like, all right, looking back, you're almost, I guess, almost a year in, into being on TV. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So over the last year, have you reflected like, all right, have you, I guess what I'm saying, is, have you pointed those points or pinpointed some things like, all right, this is what I want to focus on in year two, like always trying to get better. So the biggest thing, and I'm sure most meteorologists will say this, is clutch phrases. 
and a lot of people have only one, but for me, it's, uh, I pick a different one for each show for some reason. And I don't realize it until after I've done the show. Uh, like the other day, the phrase was, here we go. Here we go into the weekend. Here we go into Monday. Here we go into Tuesday. Here we go into the seven day forecast. You don't realize it in the time that you're doing it, but that's just, that's my thing right now that I would be working on to get better. The other thing that I'm trying to do is uh, change my show up and, you know, provide variety because people always like variety and uh, that'll be a goal going forward. Uh, all right. Well, my last question for you, Alex, I appreciate uh, you joining us here tonight. Um, for those students, uh, right now as we're taping this, it's February, so we're coming up on spring semester or the end of spring semester graduation. Uh, for those students who are starting to put fillers out there to stations and news directors and just kind of fill in their way through through this, uh, what what is a couple of pieces of advice that you would give them? I'd say number one thing is to be confident. Um, you know, you are who you are. And uh, second thing is you know, even though you're entering the workforce now, it doesn't mean it's time to stop learning. You're always going to be learning all throughout your career. Uh, and lastly, I'd say to work hard because, you know, it's what we do is a result of how hard you work. And that is the case with every single job. And, you know, you work hard enough, you, you'll get the reward for it. Alex, uh, last series of questions here. We always like to do some fun questions. It's about getting to know your market, where you're living at right now. So if, if folks in the Carolinas or wherever they're listening from say, hey, I want to go visit Macon, Georgia for the weekend, what are some things they need to do down there? Well, so there's a lot of good restaurants here. Macon is very much becoming a food town. The one that is, a lot of people know is the Rookery. It's a burger place downtown. But we also have a lot of those microbreweries that are popping up. So we have like Fall Line Brewery, Piedmont Brewery, uh, I would say that's probably the biggest thing. And then the city's biggest event each year is the Cherry Blossom Festival, which is actually coming up at the end of March. Uh, and it, I mean, Macon, downtown Macon just becomes a party for like a week or so. Uh, we got a, oh shoot, what's his name? There's a country singer coming this year. And a, a number of, uh, you know, household name artists come and perform and whatnot. That's probably the biggest event that we have each year. So you have that. Is there any like touristy draws beside the festival? Like, is there like a spot you definitely have to check out Macon if you're there? So Macon's known for the Almond Brothers and uh, they're uh, from here. And so the Hay House is here. That's probably the biggest tourist place. Uh, and then there's a few other smaller places, but nothing that is huge per se. If uh, our folks and uh, listening and watching tonight want to follow you on social media, how can they do that? Uh, it's at a Forbes WX on everything. So you can type that into Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll come up. All right, man. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. And we appreciate you all watching tonight on the Carolina Weather Group. We'll see you back here real soon.